0: Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We doing okay. Hey, man, if you're able to rise, we'd love for you to join us in singing hymn 370, hymn 370, based upon 2 Timothy 12. I know whom I have believed. Hymn 370, hymn 370. I know whom I have believed. If you could. Sing along with us as we sing this hymn,
1: 370. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made the
0: Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful to be here this uh, Wednesday evening, Lord, to praise your name, Lord, and to also hear from you this evening. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'll grant our, our preacher, Lord, with uh, clarity and uh, with the liberty of the Holy Spirit. Lord, have him uh, give us uh, the word you would have us to receive this evening, Father, that will be an encouragement to our hearts. And will energize us and keep us going throughout the rest of this week. But more importantly, Lord, we pray that uh, everything that is done along with the uh, next few hymns will bring honor and glory to you and you alone, for you are always worthy to be praised. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated for this next hymn, hymn 353. Hymn 353. If you know whom you believe it, in whom you believe it, then you know that you're saved, saved, saved. Amen. Not just save, but save, save, save. Him 353, Him 353. We'll do Him 353. Him 353. I'm saved, saved,
1: saved. I
2: Sunday, you got them right here. No, I got mine right here. Uh, Brother Marco, would you check with the Miss White? I know Miss Lexi is still, uh, you know, haven't she hasn't had her baby yet, but she's having some contractions. But uh, I don't know about the baby shower Sunday, I mean, Saturday, so I don't know. You think she's gonna domino by Saturday? I mean. Maybe not. Y- y'all will catch that in a minute, you know. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it's close. If she doesn't, I guess they're still going to have the shower, okay? Uh, so, that, ladies, don't forget about that. That's a Saturday. Uh, it's in your bulletin there, so look at that. That's Saturday at 1. Uh, so, you know, just watch for any updates. You know, Ms. White will send out a, a text or something if anything comes up, okay? Uh, or if Ms. Lexi goes into labor or something, she'll let you know about that. Uh, also don't please remember this sunday is uh, veterans day amen so uh, we do have uh, we've got some things we're going to give away to our veterans and we want to try to make sure everyone's here and all of our veterans so that we can uh, let you see the quilt that i'm going to (laughs) win Amen. it it, it is still on for saturday okay Uh, so uh, no but we do have some things for our veterans and uh, we do have another quilt that Miss White's put together for uh you it's pretty neat looking so you don't want to miss that all right uh, so don't forget about that also uh uh if, if we need a tall ladder there we have a security lamp just right out here and if you haven't noticed it's getting dark about 6 and we do have and one of our, our uh, lights on our pole out here is out and um you know, that's a long way up there. And uh, if you'd like to see a picture of how we put that up there the last time, I'll be glad to show you one. Uh, OSHA would not have approved of it. Uh, it was when, if you remember, it's when Brother Sheldon was here and we, Brother Carrie, his dad had loaned us his tractor. We were putting some, we were plowing this field up back here trying to get it smooth and I pulled that tractor out here and our big A-frame ladder that we use in here, I scoped it out just about as far as it would go and I put it in, I stood it up in, up against that pole on one end and the other end was in the bucket of that, that tractor. And then I raised it up up to the light and I crawled up that ladder and b- but before I did, I told Brother Sheldon, I said, uh, y'all remember Brother Sheldon Smith? I said, here's what I want you to do. You dial 9-1 on your phone. Okay? <laughs> Honest to goodness. I said, and if I fall off, I want you to push that other one before I hit the ground. <laughs> so... Uh, but I put the light on up there and and all that stuff. we added that, but it's not working, and we need something that we can get that fixed. you know, I'm not going to do that again. you know <clears throat> Brother brother Aaron he's all, he is all you know he's um, he's construction guy, you know anyway, but <clears throat> I, I don't want to fall off any more ladders, you know. Uh, it's one thing to fall on the ground. It's another thing to fall on the concrete. You know, neither one of them are good. But anyway, it, we, need a, we, we need to change these lights out here, okay? So if you have some ideas, uh, please let me know about that after church so we can light this front up uh, a little bit more, all right? Uh, and so anyway, so please pray for these things about on your bulletin. It's got all of your details on there as well. Uh, if you noticed your bulletin uh, from Sunday, it said that this year's weekly faith promise goal is $2,300 a week. And I say praise the Lord for that. That's an increase and, uh, uh, you know, of almost $1,000 a month. And, and last year, you went over and above that. And it even had in there what we gave or what you gave as a church. We gave together. Uh, and it was almost $130,000 last year for Faith Promise Missions, which was awesome uh, for Central Park Baptist Church. Uh, in, in my history here, we've never had that much given to Faith Promise Missions, but we use it. Amen. Amen. We use it, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, as uh, you saw when all the flags were up this, uh, this last month, and so let me encourage you, you continue to pray as to what God would uh, have you do and please remember your faith promise commitment as the year goes along okay uh, now look at your prayer sheets anybody need one right, Miss Mallory needs one Brother John you'll, anybody else need one if you'll slip your hand up we'll make sure you can get one alright uh, please remember all of these on here for health um, pray for uh, little Ricky um, um, Racy uh, thank you John uh, Little Rick, uh, Ricky Racy He's had a hard time breathing a while ago So they took him to the doctor To kind of have him checked on a little bit So I want to pray for him But again remember all of these Remember Miss uh, Lexi She's been you know In you uh, know labor somewhat For the last uh, several days So please keep her in your prayer um, You know I hate that for For mom and baby So pray for her that the Lord would help her with that all right now also I want you to encourage you to uh, pray for uh, our soul winning this coming Saturday pray that the Lord help us uh, to go out you know he said go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in and so please 9:30 folks this Saturday we're going to go out again so please come uh, I think it's going to be the weather's going to be cool little cooler uh, I don't think it'll be cold but from you you folks y'all don't y'all go anyway Y'all are, in fact, y'all are better than the UP, you know, the United Postal Service. (laughs) Neither rain nor sleet, you know, amen. Uh, And, you know, but that's great. But anyway, but Saturday morning at 930, uh, let me encourage you to come and then pray for our day Sunday uh, that the Lord will bless and uh, help us have another good day that we can get everybody here, everybody get well and get back in their place. And uh, so please pray for our day Sunday. All right. Uh, uh, unspoken requests. Amen. Re- please remember these. And again, we've got some folks that aren't feeling good uh, tonight, so uh, pray for them. I think uh, also pray for uh, Brother Bignell's uh, kids. I don't think they're feeling good, so keep them in your prayers well, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Uh, God, I'm thankful for prayer. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that prayer changes things, Lord, and there's power in prayer, but. God, we serve an almighty God who hears us, Lord. And uh, God, I, I'm thankful that you give ear to us when we call on you. And I pray, God, that uh, every uh, spoken request tonight, every unspoken request, Lord, that you've seen the hands of those that, uh, that were raised. And, and uh, Lord, I pray for your perfect will and everything that we ask for. And, God, I pray that whatsoever we do in word or deed, that you'll receive the honor and the glory for it all. So, please. Uh, Father, bless. Lord, we've got some folks that, that uh, are not feeling good tonight, Lord. Little Ricky, I lift him up in prayer, God. Also, for Brother Big Nell's children, we pray for them. and and uh, So, Lord, I, I I pray, God, for our people that, Lord, that you would please uh, be with our folks that are dealing with health issues. Lord, there's many on our list tonight. And, God, I think of Miss Lexi, Lord, as well, and, and their baby, Lord, uh, little boy Lucas, God, that's... Uh, waiting to be born and I pray for both mom and baby God that you'd be with them and Lord I pray that you'd just watch over uh, mom and baby God that there'll be no problems and lord there'll be a, a smooth delivery and uh, lord we give you praise for that Lord thank you for these that are here tonight God I pray that you'd bless them for their faithfulness Lord I pray God that they'll be encouraged and challenged as we move into our message here in just a little while on the life of David and God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as a church to grow. I pray and ask you for lost folks, God, that'll come, and Lord, trust Jesus Christ as personal Savior, and Lord, follow you in scriptural baptism. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us and, and strengthen us as a church, help us in our outreach, Lord. May we never forget, now, God, that it's your plan. And, God, if we'll just go, Lord, you said that you would give the increase, and And I'm thankful for that as well. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. And I'm I'm thankful, Lord, for our folks and their willingness to give. Bless our faith promise offering God this year. And, God, I ask you to help us to go over and above even what's been promised, just as we did last year. And, God, that you might be glorified and that we might reach... Uh, Lord lost souls on the foreign field and Lord again we give you praise for that so Lord bless us tonight bless this offering we're about to receive I pray Father and ask you to bless the gift and the giver and we give you praise and glory for that because it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask all these things amen if you have an offering you please come
0: time, if you're able to uh, rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing Hymn 238, Hymn 238, just a chorus of This Is the Day. Afterwards, please greet each other at the conclusion of this chorus. This is the day. Sing along.
1: this is the day.
0: So now we can go full force. Let's sing it one more time from the top. Here we go.
1: Uh, This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made.
2: First Samuel chapter twenty-one. Now I'm I'm looking forward to tonight's lesson, but next week you don't want to miss. I've already I'm already about finished, and it's uh, it's uh, verses uh, three through nine, and I'm I'm ex- I just think it's got some neat stuff in there, and uh, so I want to encourage you not to miss next week. Be back, be in your place. You know, you it's kind of like missing a you know, part two. And uh, so you want to be here, all right? You found your place, say amen. First Samuel chapter 21, and we're just going to look at verse 1 and 2, all right? It says, then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone? And no man with thee. And David said unto, uh, unto Ahimelech the priest, the king hath Uh, commanded me a business, and has said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Father, help us, Lord. Bless the message tonight. I pray God that again that you would help me, me, Lord, to rightly divide your word of truth. I pray God that it'll uh, again challenge us, Lord, as Christians, Lord. It'll also encourage us, God, as well. And Lord, I'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Last week, we kind of started off a short introduction into chapter 21. we just getting started, and we learned about David's bad behavior as a result of him being out of the will of God. And and listen, you can't expect any good behavior if you're out of the will of God. I mean, you just can't do it. Um and by the way, you can't make good decisions outside the will of God as a Christian either. Can't do it. And so when we look at David, it's, it, it's hard, and I mentioned this, it's hard to see how this man at this moment is going to be the greatest king to ever sit on the throne of Israel and uh, the same person who's going to write a, a lot of great psalms and scripture. Uh, because of what's going on in his life right now and, and what he's doing, the decisions that he's making. But we have to remember, again, folks, he is out of the will of God. And all God's people can say, amen. amen. So we're going to start with Ahimelech here in verse uh, 1. And again, it says, Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David, and said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? So, if you remember, uh, Jonathan and uh, David have had this emotional uh, goodbye. And after that goodbye, David heads uh, toward Nob. It was a small town, they believe to be just a little bit north of Jerusalem. And Nob was the place where the tabernacle was located, if you remember, and you go back and read, it, the tabernacle was located at Nob after it was removed from Shiloh, and, and just following Israel's defeat by the Philistines early in Samuel's life, and you can go back and read that in 1 Samuel chapter 4. And the location of Nob, again, is about five or six miles from a place called Gibeah. And if you remember, we talked about this as well, it was where Saul lived and where David went back and and visited Jonathan uh, before he heads out, uh, before he leaves Jonathan for the last time. And when David leaves Jonathan at this moment, David literally begins his life as a fugitive. He is on the run from this time forward. and And, and so when he takes off, Nob is the first recorded stop as David's trying to avoid Saul and so when you look at verse 1 we see uh, David's uh, scare if you will and when David got to the tabernacle he goes there to see Ahimelech Uh, and if you if you were Ahimelech you could think about this Uh, when Ahimelech saw David he was not a welcome sight to see you you still you still follow what's going on you remember, the Bible says he was afraid of meeting David. And that word afraid means he went trembling to meet David. And, <clears throat> I mean, Heda has no clue what's going on, I mean, at this moment. He knows what's going on, probably, but not with David. And so, when, we, when he sees David, he also notices that David is by himself. He's alone, Scripture says. He's traveling. If you re- read through this, you'll see that uh, David is traveling with some servants He's traveling with some attendants, if you will, but he left them back so that he could meet with Ahimelech. Now, David leaves them back for a few reasons. I think one of the reasons he leaves them back there because he don't, know, he don't want them to know what he's asking Ahimelech. Listen, when you're out of the will of God and you're not doing the right thing, you don't want nobody else really to know what you're doing, especially when you're trying to manipulate a situation. Because if they hear what you're doing, then you know what? They could use that against you. Yeah. And and so David uh, leaves them back behind. And so when David leaves them and he comes again to Ahimelech, Ahimelech sees him and he's alone and he asks him about that. And David's actions, now watch this, were that of a fugitive, not somebody who's trusting God. And because for a person of David's rank, think about it. A person of David's rank to be traveling alone is unusual. David is somebody. He's been in the, the, uh, the court of, of King Saul. So he's, he's really a somebody. And in the light of what's going on between David and Saul, it looks suspicious for him to be by himself. And it also makes Ahimelech suspicious. Yeah. Amen. Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And what's happening here, this tells us that David's approach is not a good move on his part. It didn't look good. Y- y'all see what's going on. David didn't mean anything by it. He didn't mean, you know, mean any harm. But the way he did it didn't uh, uh, show, uh, you know, the way he did it didn't look good to Ahimelech. And it makes David look bad. And God says to abstain from the very appearance of evil. So David, uh, Ahimelech is scared. He's afraid. And me, again, he went trembling to meet David. And, 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 but, and the, one of the reasons what's going on here is David has been alienated. He's, he, his alienation from Saul is a major reason why Ahimelech is afraid. Uh, I, and I'm sure Ahimelech knew about the situation between David and Saul. You know, the old saying, bad news travels fast, you know, good news travels at a snail's pace, but I'm sure that 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 Ahimelech knew what was going on, at least to some degree, between David and Saul. I'm I'm sure that Ahimelech, being a high priest, knew that David has had a falling out with Saul, and so the way David approached Ahimelech, whether there was a a conspiracy or not, I, I think I think Ahimelech thinks that that there's a conspiracy going on. And if someone were to see them meeting privately, what were they going to think about Ahimelech? You're following me? What's going on? Uh, I mean, it it would be the wrong information on Ahimelech. Ahimelech's not doing anything, but David is coming to see him, and it looks like that they are conspiring with one another against Saul. So, and, and by the way, Do you know how when you see somebody talking and you walk by and they're whispering? You know how things get started. The first thing we think is, are they talking about me? You know what I tell folks like to think that? The world's not that small. You know, there's a lot of other things to talk about. Amen? And and not everything's about you or I, but we've got to understand. But sometimes if we're not careful, just like David and Ahimelech, uh, it just brings a, a, a bad Uh, perception, if you will. So Ahimelech, again, he's afraid at the meeting of David, and that's understandable because David has put the high priest in a bad situation. David was so concerned about himself, and we're going to get to that in a minute. He's so concerned about his own problems, he didn't see how it affected somebody else. And that's the way it happens with people today when problems overwhelm us or overwhelm them. Uh, amen, when problems overwhelm us, one, it's it's bad enough that they, they overwhelm us when we're in God's will, but David, watch this, the, the problems have overwhelmed him, and he is outside of God's will, and when we are outside of God's will, and uh, problems overwhelm us, listen, if we're not careful, we are not going to respond in the right manner, and all God's people can say amen, so this is the way uh, or this is what happens uh, with people again when problems overwhelm them. And by the way, it takes a lot of character to keep from letting uh, letting David, his own problems cause him to forget uh, that other people have problems too. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own problems that I'm not worried about Malachi or I'm not worried about Reggie or I'm not worried about Brother Je- I'm just worried about me, you know. You know, I'm tired of talking about me all the time. You talk about me. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You've heard that. You know, but listen, but we get that way sometimes in our problems. We want everybody to think about it. Well, David is the same. He is so wrapped up with what's going on in his life, he is not even worried about what's happening to what uh, that problem brings on Ahimelech because of the way David's handling it. So notice verse 1 again. So Ahimelech's question forces David to do some explaining. Look in verse 2. It says says, Ahimelech asked him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business, and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and what and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Listen, I want you to understand that is just a bald-faced lie. Uh, amen, uh, or uh, what I wrote, is just a big flat lie, you know. I mean, he just lied to him, right to his face. David has gone, think about it, from the highest point, from the point where he has defeated Goliath. That was a high point in his life. God was using him. He was operating by faith. Listen, he said, this day, he said, my God will deliver you into my hand. And And he had a sling, by the way, And we're going to talk about some of that next week. But David has gone from the highest point in his life, the victory over Goliath, to resorting to the strength of his own flesh, to the strength of his own ways, his own ideas. And he's trying to get out of trouble by lying. Listen, God help us. I, I always tell my kids, what good does it do for me to lie to you? I'll tell them something when they were growing up, and they would look at me, and they'd say, really? And I would say, oh, no, I'm just lying. No, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Listen, it never pays to lie. Tell the truth. Always tell the truth. And David has got caught in a lie, and he's resorted to lying. And if you think back, he lied with Jonathan. He got Jonathan to lie with him. He said, listen, Jonathan, this is what you say. This is what you do. And and he consorted with him. And now David's lying to Ahimelech. Now, notice the purpose of David's story here. Uh, His ultimate purpose in lying is to try to get Ahimelech to help him. He's trying to get Ahimelech to give him what he's asking for. And David is worried that Ahimelech will not give him food and weapons, so he lies to him in order to get them. Can I tell you, we've all got needs. Anybody in here don't need anything? Maybe my Brother Malachi's the only one that don't need anything. He's just healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen. Listen, we all need something, right? We all have needs in our life. But listen, but there is never no need so critical that we ought to lie in order to get it. Oh, yeah. The end does not justify the means. And we should never pursue our needs at the expense of our character, ever. David, he sacrificed his character in order to lie to Ahimelech. And, you know, why? One, Mainly because he's outside the will of God. Listen, when you're outside the will of God, you're capable of anything. And so here David, he, he lies to Ahimelech. And David said, look what he said, I really think it's kind of, Uh, Funny, in in a sense, when you read it. And David said, the king hath commanded me a business. Are you kidding? Oh, listen, the king sent me. You ever notice, now think about this, when, when people lie about something, oftentimes they want it to be respectable. It's right here. I mean, they, they, he wants it to have some respectability about his lie. And so he says, the king sent me. And he's thinking maybe if I tell him the king sent me, then he'll give me what I want. It's a, Already he's done double down on his lie. Listen, he's coming for the wrong reason. We're going to get into that later. But he's lying to him about why he is there. And he, and he tries to make it respectable. But respectability doesn't come because of the reputation of the person telling it. it, it the respectability comes through fact. You know, the great philosopher, Judge Judy. <laughs> yep. Uh, she said this. She, you know, she says something every once in a while that I, I, I've hung on to. And one of them was, and she's, I've heard her say more once, is when you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. Listen, when you lie, you better have a good memory because you got to remember the first lie and then the second lie. And if you've told enough of them today, then you got to remember the lies you told yesterday. But if you, ha- if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. So you know what? I guess we just, I don't know. God said, thou shalt not lie. Uh, so, But here's David. He's lying. And he says, the king hath commanded me a business. And then he says this, uh, it, uh, and it just gets worse. Let no man know anything of the business. Ahimelech, um, um, come here, man, I want to tell you something. You know, I'm up here, and the king sent me, and it's a secret mission. Don't tell nobody. That, that's, that's what he's doing. He's got, I mean, I can just see him talking. Uh, you know he he left his he left those people back behind him. You know why? Because he knew when he went he wasn't going to tell the truth. He knew when he got to Ahimelech that he's going to have to lie to get what he wanted, and he left them back there because he, he didn't want them to mess him up and tell the truth. So he left them back. Let no man know anything of of the business. You know by the you know by the way. And, and, and let me let me just read Look in verse 2. He says, let no man know any of the business. Said, oh, it's a secret mission. And he said, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants in such and such a place. Listen, and, he, and he's kind of sent, telling him, you know, and uh, it's a secret mission, and you're on a need-to-know basis. And right now, you don't need to know. Because if I tell you any more about what the king sent me down here for, you know, I'd have to kill you. I mean, really? Think about it. This guy is the, the anointed king. He's the one that God chose to put on the throne of David, you know, or to put on the throne of Israel. And here he is telling a lie, and it just gets worse and worse. The further he goes, the worse it gets. Listen, that's the way it is. Anytime you tell a lie, it just gets worse and worse and worse. The end never justifies the means. And by the way, liars have a problem with remembering what they've already told. But here's David. He tries to lie to get what he wants. But notice again in verse 2, he tries to manipulate this, the situation by telling half-truths. Uh, if you go back to verse 1, let me go back. He's, uh, Ahimelech asked him that question. He says, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? Now, David, he is alone, but I'm talking about half truths, okay? David is by himself while he's standing right there with Ahimelech. You, you see what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, he is by himself while he's talking to him, but that's not the context of the question that Ahimelech asked him, and, and David knows it. David knows why he, what he's asking him. Why are you alone? Well, he's not alone. Are you still with me? He's left all these servants back here a little ways, not very far. They're out of earshot, and David has walked maybe a quarter mile, maybe let's say, and, and, he, and to get to Ahimelech, and and David says, Oh, he said, you know, uh, I am alone, but you know, uh, you know, but I'm 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 by myself, but when he's not, and, and listen, a half truth is just really a whole line, different clothes. It's still a lie, period. David knew. And what's interesting here is, what this, David lied at the place where the tabernacle was, a sacred place. Think about it. What a sad day in the life of David. And the reality is that no one ought to lie, but especially in a place where everything, even our thoughts, ought to be God-conscious. And here's David at the place where the tabernacle of God is, and he's lying to the high priest. Man, he's come a long way. I mean, when sin takes over, when self is on the throne of our lives instead of God, no place is sacred, not even this place. Have you ever noticed how um, churches anymore, people used to not even, you could leave stuff outside, not even have to worry about somebody running off with it. Not anymore. You can put it under a double lock, and they'll still get in and get it. No place is sacred. Uh, And we're seeing this with David. He lied at the place where the tabernacle was, a sacred place. And, folks, listen, understand this. Uh, No place is sacred. No honor is safe from perversion. And no person is safe from attack, not even David. Because sin has no respect of anything that's good. None. Drug addicts and drunkards kill their own parents. Parents kill their children. Yep. Bad rulers like Saul throw javelins at David's and Jonathan's. And the best men like David tells lies at the tabernacle to the priests of Almighty God. So what? You can't allow sin any room. Come on, are y'all still here? Say amen. Yeah, man. You can't allow sin any room whatsoever in your life or it'll take over. If you allow sin one room in your life, it'll take over all the room in your life. Yeah. So if it's right to do it, then do it all right. Amen. Yeah. No matter how respectful or how sacred things in your life are, listen, I'm telling you, if you give sin an inch, it'll take over everything, no matter how honorable they might be. But notice David's petition here. Uh, we'll get a little, go a little as far as we can. The text tells us that David has gone to the tabernacle to try to get food and weapons. All right? You, you still with me? You look there and keep reading a little bit. Some, in the, what I have read, some think that he went to, not only for food and weapons, but he went there to inquire of God through Ahimelech, the high priest, about what he ought to do. But you don't read that anywhere. That's not anywhere, that's not in any record of this here in our text. In fact, if you look over in 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 15, uh, you'll see this. And let me back up a minute. David's actions after leaving Nob, uh, they do not indicate that he has been given any direction from God through Ahimelech whatsoever. And then again in 1 Samuel 22 and 15, Ahimelech denies inquiring of the Lord for David. So David's purpose of going to Ahimelech was only to get material things for his life, to get aid for his life as a fugitive. He didn't go there to get help from God. Listen, can I encourage us today? Why don't we come to church? Or let me say this. Why do we come to worship? Do we come just because it's something that we've got to do and check off of our to-do list for that week? Listen, if that's come to that place in your life, then something's, something's off. Uh, something's wrong spiritually inside in the heart when we just come because it's just something that we do. God help us not to do that. Listen, if we ever come to the place where we're, where we just come just to see our buddies or something like, listen, God help us to understand that we had come today to get into the presence of Almighty God and worship. We've come together to draw strength from our brothers and sisters in Christ, to be an encouragement to them, to help them a little bit. Listen, that's why we come. But we come most of all to bring honor to God, period. David has not done that. He's backslidden, and we're reading it right here for the reason he went to see Ahimelech. The tabernacle and the priest, they speak mainly of spiritual help. But those who are backslidden, listen, they're not interested in spiritual help. I can tell you how many times people have come up to the church and knocked on these doors and we let them in. And, and, and it's, I've had people come. I had a man come one time and want me to give him some money for shoes. I told you the story. He had a, he's on a bicycle. had two big bags on each side. And I, he said, can you give me some money for some shoes? I said, no, but I'll take you to buy some shoes. No, if I just had some money, I'll, I'll go get me some. No, I'm not going to give you any money to, to. But I'll take you to buy. A shoe. No, I just want the money. I said, no, wait, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to give you God's money. I said, but I'll take you anywhere you want to go. We'll go get in my pickup out here, and I said I'll t- drive you to any store you want to go to. I don't care what it. I'll buy you a nice pair of tennis shoes. No. And walked right out. And you know what? Never did he ask me about the Lord. He didn't come here for that. You see, a lot of times people come to church, they they only interested in getting their material needs met. But that's not what this is for. There was a, a person one time walked through the back door. Uh, uh, I mean, it was during the shaking hand time. And I thought, oh, well, praise the Lord. They marched right down here. And they stood right, they, they were right here. And I thought, man, nobody ever sits on the front row. Very seldom, I mean, you know. I was just telling Brother brother Jeff, I said, listen, there's two things you don't want to be in a Baptist church. The first pew in the church and the third verse of a hymn. You never get used. Amen. He walked down here. We were shaking hands. I, came, I, I walked over. I shook hands with him, and I said, man, I'm glad you came today. And he goes, yeah, I came. I was wondering if you could help me with my rent. And I said, you know, I said, i tell you what. I said, there's more pressing needs right now. I said, there's spiritual souls being weighed in the balance today on the, on the eternity where they'll go to heaven and hell. I said, so if you'll stick around and let me help them with their, with their need about eternity, I'll talk to you about your material needs after church. You just hang around. And I came back up here. And when I turned around, he was about halfway out already. And now people aren't interested. Listen, why do we come? do we come because there's pressing needs uh, spiritually speaking? I can't begin to count the number of times I've even had people come to me and say they were looking for spiritual guidance and, and we'd go to the office and we'd sit and we'd talk. I'm talking about couples as well and and, and and I would tell them, I'd say, listen, I'm, 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 here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best I can to open the Word of God and tell you what God has to say about your, about your need. And I'm going to give you from Scripture some guidelines that, that you can go by that will help you in your relationship with your mate. And I would say, but if you're not willing to do what God tells you to do, then there's no reason for you to be here. I'm wasting your time, and you're wasting my time. And I'm not trying to be ugly or mean-spirited about it, but listen, if, if people aren't willing to do what God said, then why are we coming? Right. Are, are we not? Is that not honest? I, I mean, and you know what? They came, they'll come twice, maybe, and they never come back. Why? Because all they're interested in is something that will help them feel good and continue in the path that they choose. Listen, God help us to understand today that David was in trouble. He was away from God. He He went to the right place. He went to the right person, but he asked the wrong question. You remember the Philippian jailer? He knew what to ask. I mean, God shook that place, and uh, Paul and them guys, they stuck around. and, And listen, he came out of there about to kill himself, and Paul said, Hey, do thyself no harm. We're all here. And he went, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Listen, that's the right question. What must I do to get right with God? What must I do to have a revival in my heart? Listen, those are the right questions. Not what can I do to, you know, make me feel good where I'm at. David, he, right place, wrong questions. Now think on this, how many times, and, and you know, by the way, a lot of people, when they come to church, they'll come for all kinds of reasons. And, and think about, I was thinking about this when I was writing this down. How many times have we had potluck dinners? Fish fries. Packed out. Hey man, fish fry. I like good fried fish, catfish. I mean, we brother Sammy would get. He would be down here on this end, and they'd be out there frying stuff, potatoes, hush puppies. I mean, coleslaw. They're getting it. They're getting it all ready. Have a singing group, and I'm. We are having a great day, and it is packed. And then the next Sunday. Right back to just our family folks. Yep. You have a fish fry, pack them out. But you say something like, you know, we're going to have a prayer meeting. (laughs) You know, we're going to have a revival. We're going to have a a mission conference. And I have to say, our mission conference did all right. We had good, good crowds each night. But listen, I'm telling you, we have a whole lot bigger crowd when there's fish. You know why? It's more of a material thing and more of a temporal thing and less of a spiritual need. Um, listen, you know, folks, listen, carnal. Uh, people have just gotten carnal these days. Our thought process is not right, and we've forgotten that we're in a spiritual battle. David is in a ba- it, Literally, he doesn't realize he's in a spiritual battle. He has forgotten that that uh, he's uh, called to be king he's forgotten that he's been chosen that God has called him and he has forgotten that Satan has or- orchestrated all this he didn't think twice about it when he went and fought Goliath he said you know they, let me put this suit on you Saul says and he said man I don't need that suit I'm going with God I've got my sling, and I've got five smooth stone, and this day God will get you. Listen, he knew that God was going to give him a victory because, listen, he was operating in faith. He was operating inside the will of God. But now he's forgotten He's forgotten every bit of that. Listen, that's the same thing that happens to us today. Uh, we forget that we are in a spiritual battle. We, we get more concerned about taking care of the... Our fleshly needs, and we forget about our spiritual needs. You know, I, I think about uh, mom and dad often these days. You know, it's it, you know, and I can get it now. Uh, uh, most, if not all, of you folks have had family that's died and gone home to be with the Lord. But when you think about what uh, heaven now, it sure makes it different. And you know, I want to tell you that it, it just makes me want to take as many people with me as I can get to go. Yeah. Uh, how do we do that we have to learn to be god conscious yeah and we have to remember that we are in a spiritual battle david forgot about that he had zeal and he had faith when he was fighting goliath but he now at this stage he has forgotten and now he goes to a and he wants his material needs met and he asks for some things and you go and read them and and we're i'm not going to start on that tonight but because if i do it'll it'll be another 45 minutes But so I'll wait. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. But folks, listen, we've got, we have forgotten. Christians today have gotten slack. We've got comfortable. We have become, the Bible says, at ease in Zion. Um, And we've got to get back. You know, that says, stay the course. Having therefore obtained the help of God. Stay the course. I continue unto this day. We've forgotten that. And some people have left off from the help of God and they've turned to the flesh, just like David. David, that's what David's done. He's turned to the strength of this flesh. I want you to go home, give you a little homework and read verses three through verse nine. There's a lot of stuff in there. And it'll help you, but and it'll help you see how what David's done. And we're going to dissect that a little bit next week. But we got to remember souls are being weighed in the balance. Yep. Yeah. that's why we go on Saturday. That's why we knock on doors and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I ask you something? Are you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? If you're not abounding, that word abounding means moving forward. If you're not abounding, if you're not moving forward, then something's happened. Can I challenge you? Take another step and get moving again. Amen. Father, help us, Lord. Strengthen us, God, tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be the Christians that you'd have us to be. Lord, David is really at this point in his life, he's um, forgotten you. He's left you. He's trying to operate in the strength of this flesh. And God, he's in the right place, talking to the right person. And, but, God, he's asking for the wrong things. God, help us not to do that. Lord, we come to this place, Lord, that you've set aside for worship, and we come to the right place, and we come in the presence of the right person, Almighty God. Lord, but oftentimes we ask the wrong questions, so Lord, help us not to do that. Challenge our hearts tonight, Father, and I pray, God, that you'd give us liberty to respond to the moving of the Holy Spirit of God that's in us, Lord, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around, and If the Lord's speaking to your heart, I ask you to come.